weeks. I'm done with COVID at this moment. I'm done with lockdown. I'm done with restrictions. I'm done with all these things. I'm actually just done. I'm actually done with Jesus, maybe. Or I'm actually done with God. And I'm done with church. And so we have a whole group of people in the church that are Christians called the Duns. No, for sure. It's like that, that's a thing. It's like a statistical thing. They, they're done. They love Jesus, but they're done with church. And um, I was thinking about Isaiah as he was, as he was encountering God in this moment. And uh, this is what it says for those that haven't read this text yet or heard of this text before. Isaiah chapter 6 verses 1 to 8. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on the throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphs, each with six wings. Two they, with two they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, feet, and two they were flying. And they were calling to one another. Quite, isn't it incredible that? I've just seen that now. They're not shouting, they're not worshipping to God, holy, holy, holy. They're calling to one another, holy, holy. It's like, can you believe we're here? Check what's in front of us. It's like they're calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. At the sound of their voices, at the sound of their voices talking to each other. Think about this. The doorposts and the thresholds were shook and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. This is Isaiah now speaking. I am ruined, or I am lost, or I am destroyed, or the New King James says, I am undone. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. See, it's important that he saw the King, but it's important that he realized that the king was Lord Almighty. Because remember, the king had just died. King Uzziah is dead. So where are we now? There's political chaos and upheaval. There's, the, there's moral decline. There's all this stuff happening. But what happens is he has this moment where he enters into the throne room of God and he sees the king. Even though the man king is dead, the God king is alive and he is Lord Almighty. He is Yahweh. He's not, he's not Uzziah. With limitations and frailty and weakness. He is the Lord Almighty and His whole, He is high and lifted up and the train of His robe fills the temple. And He has this moment and His response is, Woe is me, I am undone. Then the one, then he says this, he sees this, he says, Mama, eyes have seen the king. Then one of the seraphs flew to me with a coal, live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and he said, touched your lips, and he says, your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord. Up to this point he had heard the voice of the seraphim. And the shaking of the doorposts under the seraphim's voice. Now he hears the voice of the Lord. And the Lord says, who shall I send? Who will go for us? And Isaiah's instant response 
is here I am, send me. But you see, friends, he could have done this. King Uzziah is dead. Where's God in all of this? That's it. I'm done. And if he had have done that, everything that follows there wouldn't have been the result. Friends, right now the church, the people of God, cannot be dones. They've got to be undones. And my exhortation to us today is that we've got to move our own hearts because revival starts with me from a place of being done to a place of being undone. And undone means surrendered. Undone means I've got nothing to offer. Undone means actually I'm so full of weakness and frailty and actually I'm not worthy of it. Undone means that I get the, the hot coal that touches my lips and says you are free from guilt. Your sin is atoned for. You're done. I, I, I'm, I'm ready for you. And then, he's, then, he, then what he does, he says, I'm available. Send me. You see, friends, being undone, and disruption causes us to be undone. Disruption uh, causes us, any form of disruption has the opportunity to make us dones or undone. It just depends how you see God, where you see God, how you respond, how you move. How, it's the decisions and the choices that you make in the moment of disruption that causes us to go one way or the other. And my exhortation to us, and I believe the Scripture's exhortation to us, is to go with the undone version, not the done version of response. You see, friends, when we're done, we lose perspective of God's will. And we get earthly perspective. We get man's perspective. We get people's perspectives. We completely lose perspective. When you're done, we lose revelation of Jesus and the God that is high and lifted up. We forget that King Uzziah is not the most important person on the earth. The, the one that is high and lifted up is. We forget that when we, get, when we say we're done. We have that saying, when you're so heavenly minded, you know earthly good. You know that saying? But friends, we can be so earthly minded that we lose all heavenly perspective and we forget that God is still on His throne. And that's what happens when we get done. That's what we're actually saying. I'm done. The beautiful thing is that when you think you're done, God's just beginning so that you can move to being undone so that He can use you powerfully. When we say we're done, we compare ourselves with people. Instead of the holiness of God. When we say we're done, friends, we lose the gospel and the power of the gospel and what it has done for us. And done people become very judgmental, they become very cynical, and they become very critical. Those are the duns. And we lose the gospel, the good news of, of the power of God that has broken into our lives and set us free from judgment. Set us free from the judgment of God and set us free from judging others as, it, as He becomes more real to us. When we're done, friends, the kingdom of God becomes a theory instead of a reality. 
The kingdom of God, the rule and reign of God is still upon us. President Ramaphosa can reshuffle his cabinet as much as he's like. God is still king. And his will is still going to prevail. When we're done, we lose sight of the goodness of God. I was, I'm reading a book at the moment called When God Doesn't Make Sense. And it's just been such a profound reminder to us. You know, the, the, the reason why it's so difficult for believers to, to understand all of this and to understand why, Lord, why do the unrighteous prosper but the righteous don't? Why do all, that, all those that looted now have a TV but me that I didn't? I'm still at home with no TV. That's not fair. I did what was right. They did what was wrong. 50 inch. I did what was right. Zero. I mean, that's a stupid example, but we all know. We all know. And the reason why why we wrestle with this and we forget about the goodness of God is because we know God is good and loving and we know God is all-powerful. So surely an all-powerful and a loving good God doesn't let bad things happen and stops it from happening. So we actually wrestle with God because we know God. If we did not know God, there wouldn't be a wrestle. It's just, well, that's what happens. And the Scriptures, friends, are full. The, the Psalms in particular are full of men and women crying out, Lord, why, Lord? How long, Lord? How much longer, Lord? And Christopher Wright in his book says uh, the kind of the traditional word for that is lament. But he says he thinks the, the modern word should be protest. We protest God. And there's emotion and there's anger at times and there's misunderstanding. But, the reason, but we never lose faith in the goodness and the power of God. Because the reason why we're doing that is, God, you're good and you're so powerful, Lord, please. Show me how. Give me strength. Give me courage to get through this. My business is struggling, Lord. Please, Lord, I'll pay my taxes. Lord, please, Lord, I'm doing the best I can. Please, Lord. And we allow the goodness and the power of God to fill us again and give us courage. But when you're done, friends, when you're done, you forget that. And you forget about the goodness and the power of God. When we're done, friends, we forget that right through history, there's been moments when people thought, no, the Lord is coming back now because it can't get worse than this. A lot worse than what we've got right now, just by the way. We forget, when we, when we the duns, we, we forget that actually God has got a massive, it's a story that that transcends millennia. It's a story that, that our little moment in, of the story of our 80 years is just a little blip in the timeline. And how we respond now, and how we if, we, if we allow God to undo us and set us into motion, or we're just done and we, we, we create an inheritance for the next generation, or we don't. It's like God's story is big. I'd rather take all the pain now 
I'd rather take all the sacrifice now so that my children can live in a better place. There's no parent that wouldn't want that. And we forget that when we say we're done. We forget the goodness of God. We forget this, this big story of God. In Titus chapter 2, talks about the grace of God that teaches us to say um, no to godly ungodliness and to worldly passions and to live self-controlled and upright and godly lives in this present age. Listen to this. While we wait for the blessed hope, the, the, the glorious appearing of the great God, our Savior, Jesus Christ. So when you, when you look at that, we've got to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age. It gives us grace to do that while we wait for the hope of the glory of God for the rest of eternity. And when we say we're done, friends, we lose all perspective of eternity. And we, we, we stop being part of the story. Because the next part of the story requires us to play our part of the story. And when we say we're done, means we're done with the story. Now anything can happen. You see, friends, when we're done, we're full of self-pity. But Lord, why me? When we're done, we're full of self-righteousness. Yeah, but these people... Those liters. I tell you what, friends, and more and more I'm convinced in this nation we have this wrestle between races and colonization and, and, and oppression and this thing and this person's got that. Friends, what we need to realize as the church, if you were born whenever that time was and you were that person, you would have done exactly the same thing. There's no judgment, friends. We are all wicked and sinful and need Jesus. Every single one of us. And it just happens. And it, it's like, it's like you, there's no space, there's no place to put judgment and, and harbor unforgiveness because you would have been exactly the same if you were that person with that opportunity, with that born into that moment. Every single one of us, friends. And we get self-righteous. As though like we would have been different. We would have been those that put Jesus on the cross. Not self-righteous. And when we're done, we get this self-righteous attitude. When we're done, frustration bubbles over to anger. And maybe even looting. People are done. The church is the answer. Jesus is the answer. You move from trust in God to trust in yourself. You move from being, you, you move from being fruitful to being barren. When you're done, you get barren. You, you become unfruitful. Your heart hardens. You begin to fight with everybody. This is what being done is. When you're just done, you're not interested. Don't talk to me. Don't talk this. There's no more hope. There's no more joy. You lock yourself into the trauma of the moment and, and you can't get free of it because you're just done and your heart is hard. When you're done, you end up in fear, not in love. It's like you just, you just 
that's it and now you're protecting yourself because this is never going to happen to me. Can I be completely honest and vulnerable with you? I've never owned a gun in my life. And I haven't owned one because of what I believe in Jesus. I tell you what, I was standing on the edge of my street in Glenwood. And there are gunshots going off everywhere. There are, there are cars and buckies driving back, full of booze and oaks on the back. Yeah! And, people, and cars going in empty and coming back full. And just this hectic people walking with stuff. And I'm thinking, and there I am standing with my knob carry. I'm like, okay, now what? Uncertain, unsure. And in my heart, I say, you know what? Are you stupid? Why don't you own a gun? Fear. At that moment, I said, in my heart, this is what would have been the, the subconscious thought. I'm done with this. I'm going to protect myself. And maybe there's some truth to that. But friends, it's not a, it, we can't be done. We're not duns. And you've got to go back to the Word of God and let it fashion and shape us so that we know who the King is, who is high and lifted up. When we're done, friends, this is so key. When we're done, we make bad, reactive decisions. We make decisions in a moment that has got massive implications for our future, for our children, for all sorts of things. And it's not done out of a place of peace. It's done out of a place of fear and anxiety and done. I'm done. You know what the problem is? And, and people are also doing this. Well, I'm done, in, I'm done with South Africa. I'm out of here for those that can. Most of us can't. But some can. The problem is if you're done here, you're going to be done there. You carry your done with you. And the next thing is, and the next thing is, you have some other trauma or some other thing, but you're still done. It's so important, friends, that we become the undones and not the dones. God is never done. God is never without a plan. God is never without an answer. God, was, God is over all. He is the King high and lifted up, Lord Almighty, and the glory of His fills the temple and, his, and He is over all the earth. As Isaiah says, your whole earth is full of your glory. That's it. Rather, what we want to do is we want to be like Isaiah, who has this moment of grace, and I pray for that moment of grace for every single one of us. That we would have this glimpse of the Almighty God seated on His throne. And in comparison to Him, woe is me, Lord. I'm undone. My prayer is, is that when, when, when we have this encounter with the holiness of God, we're talking about holiness over this time, the holiness, the otherness of God, the, the, the creator God, the God that is not like any other God, when we have this glimpse, this moment of Him, it leads to a revelation that changes our lives. It leads to a revelation that it's okay that Uzziah is dead because he's still on the throne. It doesn't matter what the government is doing and saying because he is still on his throne. 
You see, when we have this a moment of, of, of encounter with the holiness of God in this high and lifted up seat, it exposes corruption in our own hearts, friends. And can I say, I think when the, when the church starts to get its hearts exposed with corruption, the corruption in the land will become exposed as well. And that's a good thing because God is high and lifted up and wants to deal with things. But we've got to be at the front of that. We've got to be the example of that. Because we can easily point fingers and get all self-righteous. But actually in our hearts, how different really are we? You see, holiness, an encounter with the holiness of God leads to this moment of repentance. This moment of revelation that completely undoes us. And he says, shouts these words, Lord, I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. You've called me to prophesy to this nation, but I need work done in my heart. And I'm among a people of unclean lips. Exactly what was said this morning. We live in a nation of unclean lips. We're all a people of unclean lips, but it starts with me. I'm a person of unclean lips. Woe is me, Lord. Undo me, Lord. When we have a moment of holiness, it leads to transformation. He comes with a coal and he touches his lips. And he says these things, your guilt is taken away, your sin is atoned for. It sets us free, friends, from the, from the, from the penalty of sin. It sets us free from the power of sin. It sets us free from all the frailty, weakness, fragility, and brokenness of our own hearts so that we can start on a journey of walking with God and becoming more like Jesus. But we need this encounter. And we never have this encounter, friends, when we say we're done. When we have a moment of encounter like Isaiah did with the holiness and the high lifted up God, it leads to humility. Humility. Titus, again, chapter 3, it says this. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one. The ESV says, speak evil of no one. Thinking, oh God, please help me. I really am a man of unclean lips. Slander no one. It's quite a thing, eh? You see, when you're self-righteous, you think you're right in slandering somebody or speaking evil. But when you've seen the king and you realize, oh, Lord, can't. Can't. It says, be peaceable. In other words, avoid quarreling. It says, be considerate or patient. And then I love this, and show true humility towards all people. Friends, when we encounter the king, it leads to a humility towards all people. The way that Isaiah ministered from that day on was completely different from when he started ministering to those people. It's not with a, with a judgmental finger pointing. It's with a deep humility to say, God, there's more for you than this. I know. 
And you know why it says that we can show true humility to all people? Well, in verse 3 of Titus chapter 3, it says this. Because remember this. At one time, you too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. You lived in malice and, every, and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, appeared, He saved us, not because of the righteous things that we had done, but because of His mercy. And you see, when we, when we see the holiness of God, when we encounter that, when we have that grace of moment, you realize, man, it was my mercy. I've got, I've got no ground to stand on. Lord, help me. Revive me. Revive me. Change me. Undo me, Lord. You see, friends, when we have this moment of encounter with the holiness of God, we get to hear God. I said it earlier. It's a moment, in that moment, it's only after he said this and his, and his lips have been touched. It says, and then I heard the Lord. Before then he was hearing the angels. Now he hears the Lord. Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? You hear the Lord. Friends, we need to hear God at this time. Yeah. Business owners need to hear God at this time. We, we need to hear God. We don't need fancy, clever plans of people. We need to hear God for what He wants us to do, as best as we know how. But not only does holiness get us growing in hearing God and transformation and humility, it also gets us going. Because you know those people that have got unclean lips? You know the solution to people with unclean lips is men and women who have seen the holiness of God and said, woe is me, Lord, undo me. I'm the solution to their uncleanness. I've got a message. I've got the mandate. I've under God. I have a, send me, Lord, here I am. I'm available. The holiness of God commissions us into something way bigger than us. But if you're done, you're going nowhere. If you're undone, you go where he sends. If you're done, you're going where you want to go. If you're undone, you're going where he sends you. Gets commissioned. Friends, at this moment in time, you've got to resist every temptation in you to say I'm done and if you've said I've done you've got to say sorry God I'm not done actually undo me and I've got some very unique special revelation of how to resist being undone you know what they are get back into the scriptures friends the scriptures speak to you when it says they show true humility to all men, all people, that's not just saying it for free. It's like, actually, I've got to live that. We've got to get back to the Scriptures. That's to tell you another unique uh, um, thought. Get back into prayer and worship. Get back into community. Get back to meeting together. Get back into conversations that are undone conversations rather than done conversations. 
Because the people you hang around with are going to take you somewhere. Who are you hanging with? The community you're in. Get back to some bold obedience in God. This is how we resist being undone. Friends, we're a people that are undone. And my prayer for us is, Lord, undo me. Undo us, Lord. And I wish I could kind of orchestrate a moment or an encounter with God that people would just, but I can't. I am a, all, I, all we do is we just pray, God, please encounter people. Take people from being done. I said to the eldership team this week, at this time it's a pastoral season and it's a season from taking people from being done in their minds and hearts to being done, undone in their minds and hearts so that we can serve God. Can we stand, please? Can we stand? Revival comes to people that are undone, not to people that are done. Revival comes to, woe is me, I am undone. Send me to a people that need your word, Lord God. I'd love you to pray a very, very dangerous prayer with me. And don't pray it if you don't mean it. I'm going to pray that God would undo us. <laughs> After me, just pray this. Father God, help me to see you high and lifted up. Father God, undo me. And send me. I pray, Lord God, that you would take our response to your holiness and your goodness and your glory. And you'd send us to the nations, Lord. You'd send us to our neighbors. You'd send us to a people of unclean lips, Lord. And give us the words to say. Give us the heart to love a people of unclean lips. I pray that you'd put a humility upon us and in us. I pray you'd release your anointing and your authority through us as a church and as a people to bless this nation and to bless the nations of the world. I pray for that in your incredibly powerful name, Jesus. This is your church that you are building, that you are leading, that you are working with, that you are walking with, that your will be done, not ours, in your incredible name. Amen. Amen. Amen.